Okay. Um, okay, it's recording on the Zoom. Okay. That's all, that's all that means. Don't don't uh pay pay no mind to that voice. I'm trying to track down on Google the character in Lonesome Dove that was killed by water moccasins. Is that y'all, y'all ever watch that movie? Or the it's been a long time. I think I watched like an hour of it, but it was an hour of the middle of the movie, so I really don't know what happens at all. <laughs> the, yeah. the funny thing about like the masculine, like I read, I just read this article. I was just walking, and I just heard, I listened to this article on Vice about guys who are spending like ten grand to do these like warrior, masculine warrior. Mm-hmm camps or whatever you did you see that yeah. yeah i'm i'm really obsessed with them and uh i follow all the accounts on instagram dude and it's like they make them do shit in like a strip mall parking lot like in front of <laughs> dentist's office yeah like it's a bunch of ex-special operators that are all <laughs> hopped up on tests now and they're like they're like do you think you like dude they'll fucking get after those dudes they're like you think you're gonna fuck your old lady with a belly like that like get up and drop me 20 you fat fuck and i'm like dude you're paying five figures to have some roided up war criminal call you a piece of shit and gay slurs for like a 72 hour window it's in, totally in, bizarre in a like abandoned mall parking lot yeah the yeah most, like right. spiritually desolate places in planet earth yeah like an abandoned mall <laughs> Dude, if you want it, like you can get called like a queer for free, like in the site, you could just somebody can yeah. call you a bad name. You know, uh-huh. you don't got to pay 10 grand to, like, to do such a, I, yeah. I'd say, well, I'll be honest with you. I, I do fuck my old lady. with. Counterpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I fucking that's very funny, to, like because it's not like the military, I guess, you know, like. You just lose your ten grand, but it would be funny uh-huh. to, to 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 go fund me. Just to, I'm gonna go fuck with these guys. See like, actually, she loves me. So yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. we we have a meaningful relationship, and we support. Our chemistry each other. is hard to explain. How about that, man? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I tried to lose a little bit of weight, man. She she stopped texting me. She moved out of the house, so she likes you know a little bit. Yeah, those I, guys though, they're very I, very. Go ahead, go ahead, Tom. No, I was just gonna say I'd tell Mrs. a get money belly. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> like Gucci dude, when he had the lean belly. Honestly, yeah. there is truth to that. Like I, I dude, there is truth to that. Like I feel like bigger guys pull a lot easier than Wait, should I be recording? Guys. Sorry, on Audacity? Yeah, if you if you want, I'm recording on Zoom. But oh, okay. I, I didn't know if you if you like the... the same place. Okay. That's whatever you want to do. But yeah, record on Audacity. Okay. So if you have the Audacity. Gotcha. I think he he was wondering whether the episode started yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I'm an idiot. I'm a fucking. Because I know that you asked about Audacity and we do like a three, two, one countdown. I'm fucking stupid. So yeah. Jake's like, when is the countdown? When do we do? (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, I do the clap. We have to take off. It's like live. It just begins and ends. Yeah. Whenever. (laughs) You're never really ready for it one way or the other. But yeah, those those guys. So I I I follow three of the dudes. There's MDK Warrior. Ah, uh, and that's what uh, I was going to ask. I was going to ask who are the figures in this community. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the upstanding, yeah, these gentlemen are all, not all of them, but a lot of them are ex like seals or berets. And there's only so much money you can. There's only so many jobs that you can be when the state turns you into an efficient, like sociopathic killing machine. <laughs> like when you come home, yeah, you know, so you can start a podcast called like Choke Point, <laughs> or like you can you can start put you in a hospice for Havana syndrome. Yeah, yeah. You can start selling <laughs> coffee called like you know fucking nation of your or whatever the fuck like but one of the things i guess an untapped market for them was these um these camps and so like a couple years ago i saw the first one on tiktok and i was like it was the kind of thing that scratched the really bad part of my brain and like i'm gonna go find out everything there's to know about these dudes and so yeah basically there's like a three-day package a five-day package and i think one of them started doing like a two-weeker and they don't even teach you like seer, like they don't teach you how to live in the woods or nothing. They do all this shit, yeah, like in front of a little Caesars, like in Fort Worth or something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> and uh, like they pressure wash you in the parking lot. They make you do kettlebell swings, and 
they like, I guess, teach you how to do like one jujitsu move. And at the end of it, they're like, do you feel manlier? And the guys are like, I fucking guess so. <laughs> you know. Well, do they like if if the if you can't answer in the affirmative, they say, well, maybe you need to up it to the seven day package. If you I will. <laughs> you didn't get what you wanted out of three days. Yeah, That's a short yeah. amount of time. It's like honestly way harder and way more masculine to do like a 90 day detox in like a mm -hmm. rehab facility somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do like ropes courses and like, you know, break down your uh, comfort. Right. I spent I spent seven days in an outpatient mental hospital. And I wonder if that makes me. You know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, like you went with the, the the gold package. Yeah, yeah. I got. I went with the ten dollar, ten thousand dollar tier. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have to do any rope swings, but I got to do arts and crafts with a couple homeless guys, and that was pretty. <laughs> I guess you know that that's a mental that's a mental exercise in and of itself. But I I kind of read the article. I didn't know like I I was seeing some of it, and the guys they get are so like. They're the, they're exactly the type of dude who'd pay for it. It's a guy like the headline, the subheading or whatever was like, you can't even be a man anymore. It's like it makes you racist. If you're a man. <laughs> the, the quote, the quote was, you're not allowed to be a man anymore. You're almost a racist if, if you're a man these days. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like something, something that you'd say to a dude like like hour six into like a like a shift at burger king like your boss says it to you and you don't like he's one of those like hands-on bosses and he's like you know being a man these days it's almost like being in the kkk you feel me brother <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about dude like, the the definition or association with masculinity with like muscles and extreme like duress and hardship is so fascinating it's like i guess where i was going with the lonesome dove thing it's like i grew up in new mexico and like new dudes who weighed like 120 pounds, they were like 70 years old and they had like, you know, scars on their their arms from like fucking uh, tying up bulls and shit. It's just razor like, wire know, and shit. Razor driving wire. Fence posts. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, somebody pointed out uh, I was reading like uh, it was a it was an article a little while back that like was uh, it was like it was a blog. I won't call it an article, but they were they were arguing that um, like the type of aesthetic often associated with like the fitness was like, a bodybuilding. Like if you really want to be trad, none of the motherfuckers look like that. It would be cumbersome to be a big son of a bitch. Mm. Like unless you're a corn fed, like Iowa, like motherfucker, the vast majority of day laborers and laborers in general, like sinewy. Yeah. Like, yeah, right. nobody uh, looks. That's true. You're either like, yeah, you're either that very sinewy, like, or you like, you look like you might be like a like a telephone linesman or something. Like yeah, you're, you're like you're a you're professional just, bowler. Like you just kind of have that like just thick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nobody is like uh, nobody is tracking their macros in the fucking cornfields. Like, oh, I need to get ten more grams of protein today, oh, or I'm not. You know, I'm not gonna have my beach body. Right? It's like it's it's yeah. It, and then to to the degree in which like man, like toughness like. I tell Thomas this a lot or I talk about it a lot on our show where it's like I, I do like jiu-jitsu and like Muay Thai. All those guys are like, you got to do this to be a man. And I'm like, no, I don't think you have to get into a fist fight every day. <laughs> like and pay for a monthly fee to do it. I just this is the only thing I hated baseball. I didn't give a fuck about foot any of that shit. I just, you know, well, and these the, th the thing about BJJ that I that I found is the first day I went in there. I got folded by a 15 year old girl. Like, no shit. <laughs> I did. And I was like, you know, it's yeah, like yeah, when you play yeah. pickup ball and you're like, I, I don't know what I got. You don't want to guard a girl. You don't want to be guarded by a girl because it's a no win proposition. Right, right, right. And that's kind of the mentality I brought into that. And yeah. and they're like, no, 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 you, you'll be good. I was like, uh, yeah, she well, folded I, me right up. <laughs> yeah. The, I think people don't. And again, we're talking about like a very, like, it's like a corner of the internet that's, uh, that is so wrapped up in their own like it's not even ideology it's like it's like a it's grievances you know it's like complaints mostly there's not like a political or whatever so a guy that's like you know oh to be a man you got to do x y or z i got to get yelled at in a parking lot by a guy who looks like my dad you know like that's like <laughs> that uh, you know it's it's goofy as shit and to you know uh to terence's your point it's like well, I think we kind of figured out, I guess, if you want to attribute anything to masculinity or whatever, 
you don't have to be you don't have the same politics as Margaret Thatcher. Like that's not a part of being a man. <laughs> like last I checked, you know. <laughs> and then two, it's like if you want to, if you, hey, if you want yourself a milk maiden, sound of music type wife, you're not gonna get it hanging out on Instagram comments all day, calling people, you know, whatever, like whatever slur you picked up from the internet that day. You're going to have to go get a logging job somewhere in Washington and then just figure it out. You know what I mean? That's yeah. True. Like Northern England. I do. Are milkmaidens even still around? Like what makes them? Do they they're an endangered them? species, I think. Yeah, they're <laughs> <laughs> Mostly due to like static. gout and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> self-inflicted. <laughs> the uh-huh. Hypertension is wiping them out like smallpox. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be you might come across them in like the upper peninsula of Michigan where like nine people live. Yeah. Six of them are milkmaids. Well, I yeah, they're like somebody posted pictures of the there's like there's the Swami people. They're like the the or Sami S A S A I Sami. I think Swami is something completely different. The Sami people from like Finland. And it was like they were posting pictures of like they legitimately dress like they wear the the sound of music shit. And they all go out. They're like midsummer people, basically. That's yeah. In that movie. And they're very like reclusive. And I was trying to like whenever I saw that, I was like, imagine some like eight chan, like fat neckbeard guy hanging out of the bushes, just like my wife, you know, like, oh, I found her. <laughs> and it's like they would be terrified, mortified <laughs> at the sight of some like, you know, like Arizona, like eight chan teenager that just like found his way into their little you know cottage and was like oh i want to marry one of you and they're like i don't know i don't we do we have a spear nearby like do we have any some sort of <laughs> it's it, like they would never in a thousand years you know they're not interested but you know a man can dream of his milkmaiden yeah. wife and his you know his That's masculine the, uh, son a good way to start is uh not looking like you subsist off mostly TV dinners and canned food. <laughs> Which there's nothing wrong with that, but you need to find somebody in your stock in life. What's most more your cruise now? You're saying yeah, they're right. swinging out of their or they're kicking out of their coverage by shooting for the yeah. milkmaidens. Yeah. Well, who yeah. there are only like nine left. Right, exactly. As Thomas pointed. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're all we're all aiming for an increasingly smaller and smaller demographic. And that's why that's why there's so much grievance and anger around this, I guess. Well, I I, I think that like <laughs> it, <laughs> when you're trying to recreate something that didn't exist, you're going to get really pissed off. Like if I think of like the Catholic Opus Dei Knights Templar slash Arnold Schwarzenegger bodybuilding slash Christian nationalist movement. I'm like, oh, you guys just have like prodromal schizophrenia. Like you don't like, yeah. you, like you're you're hearkening. You're like, we need to return to this. And it's like, hey, man, there were fat fucking drunk dudes who <laughs> jacked off all day in the Roman times in the <laughs> empire that you so revere. What do you think? Like a good 33 percent of the population did. They ate fermented grapes. They, you know, went to brothels. They, you know, saw the play and then they just hung out all day. You know, like uh, the the people that you consider losers, well, they run the world technically, you know, (laughs) and they've always ran the world and they continue to do so. The people that you spit on as wages or whatever, you know, the people that you decry, you know, whatever the hell like those guys, they're the ones who, you know, they're the ones who keep your computer on or whatever the fuck. So you can post more. That's the thing. I think you're. You're getting at something here. Is that like the foundational text of masculinity? It's like for me growing up, it really was Lonesome Dove. It wasn't Arnold Schwarzenegger. And maybe yeah. that's what skewed my impression. Now it's impression. Uh, Marcus Aurelius's meditation. <laughs> I it's, love that. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'm trying to think. I think mine was V for Vendetta. If, if that just. That movie, I was like, this is what a man does. He does karate in a dystopian world. <laughs> he blows up the parliament. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, <laughs> if, if, I, if I think about my current political leanings, that still tracks. I don't. Mm-hmm. I But I. But then the, then the movement was co-opted by, you know, I guess, libertarian hacker guys in Indonesia or other parts of the world where in England, you know, where I'm like, oh, OK, yeah. well, I don't know about I don't know about you guys, but. 
I'm thinking about what was the coolest, most masculine guy it was Neo from the Matrix. <laughs> yeah. And then and then Hugo Weaving in uh in the V for Vendetta. That that mo- that moment was so tight, like politically, when like V for Vendetta was like the uh upper limit of like your kind of political leanings. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, it's I don't like know that. how old you guys are. I'm twenty nine, so for me that was like thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> Damn! Uh, <laughs> it was like Fight Club and that. I was like, I think I'm some sort of cyberpunk anarchist. That's that's what I am at like 13 years old. Over the fuck, you know? I was I was fishing in the same waters, but I was more of a Ocean's 13 guy. I thought once I got to a certain age, <laughs> me and my friends were just going to wear men's wear and do capers. <laughs> And I, and I was sorely disappointed. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. You're like, you know what? How can I feed the? You know what? I want to take from the rich and give to the poor. How can I do that? I need to get ten of my drunkest friends together, and we're going to steal from a Las Vegas casino. That's that's what I thought life was. Yeah. That's what I thought masculinity was. Yeah. Uh, I I think. Well, I guess it kind of speaks to the. If you're a younger, if you're 13 or 14 now, you don't have Eva Vendetta or Lonesome Dove or Ocean's Eleven. You have Andrew Tate and like, yeah. you know, it's, all these it's brutal, guys. Man. And you yeah. have the Ocean's Eleven with girls in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. How are they supposed to like, how are they supposed to pick up all the money without their muscles? Yeah. <laughs> do they have to get a do they have to get a guy to seduce a girl who works in the casino? How does that yeah. work? Do they, yeah. They, they could get the eleven milkmaidens left on earth. Yeah. They, they could, could do, do a caper. <laughs> they could do a caper. It's but funny they didn't just in hindsight that they didn't just have a woman like fit into the cube or whatever because instead they were like we have to find the smallest chinese contortionist in the world who's also a man when like yeah. we, we, like they could have found just like a woman who worked at a gas station <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's very, they were like we have to get yeah this like, he speaks acrobat. no english he does not know what the plan is he thinks he's going to a dinner party we're going to have him rob this casino <laughs> And they're like, what about what about your sister? She's a contortionist, right? No, that's fucking that's stupid. We're not having her. She's off with it. This badass contortionist. He's going to wear a cool ass suit. Contortion suit. I uh, I just recently got back from Vegas. And that's another plot point that I want to pick a bone at with uh, with Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven's got a lot of handsome guys in that crew. And when I was gambling on the floor of the, uh, the Aria or whatever, it, casinos are filled with mostly tough look guys you know guys that look like you know they're not going to be doing any contortioning <laughs> they're not going to be doing any charming uh well they so, might they might like leave in a trunk you know yeah. for trying to rip off the house they might you yeah. know what i mean like or leave yeah. jamal khashoggi style like in yeah. several different trunks that's contortionism. <laughs> yeah, that's true yeah. that's the, the best contortionist of all time is, the, yeah. the, the, the police are calling it in they're like look for the six sexiest guys you've ever seen and then a few character actors also yeah if you see brad pitt and Don, and and george clooney in the same room something is going wrong yeah that's really, a tell that wasn't yeah. that was a flaw in the movie you're right yeah. Two, two, very, very, very. The only thing these men can do is act. Literally, there was mm-hmm. nothing else for them to do. And then just a couple guys from shows that your mom watches. Yeah, Scott Con or uh, James Con's son, Scott Con, was in there. Just kind yeah. of like an unremarkable looking guy. What, was he? What? What? What was his rap group? Remember Scott Con. He had a rap group. Yeah, let me. Let him me and and what him and Brian Austin Green from Nine Hundred Two One Zero and The Alchemist. <laughs> oh my god is that we're real? in our group together yeah it was like uh, young black teenagers i think the, was you're right hooligans the, hoo- the hooligans w-h-o-l-i who was young black teenagers and they were actually not young black the teenagers. hooligans holy shit dude yeah uh alchemist and scott Kahn. wow i did not know that but that is i love the alchemist so that's just very that's 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 very funny I'm you're right young black yeah. teenagers hip-hop group from long island <laughs> uh Tommy Never, Cameron, DJ Scribble, Firstborn, and ATA. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe. Who am I thinking? The guy from 90210 was, I don't know, maybe he was like doing some blue-eyed soul John B type shit or something. I don't know. (laughs) I think the funniest one of those, of course, goes without saying, the king of all that is 
is Mark Wahlberg. I mean, yeah. just to be to have like to go from doing that and like hate crimes to being like <laughs> he, he's in all <laughs> the movies from maiming Vietnamese Americans to yeah. uh, just he, a good vibration. He's like um, he's in all the movies that like our dads watch. Like they if the, if Hollywood's like, hey, we got a a part for an oil rigger who thinks something's up and he needs to he needs to kind of be brooding yeah. the whole time. And yeah. he needs he needs to have four percent body fat for some reason. Also, <laughs> uh, like I, I've always it's every new movie he's in is like it's something that my uncle will be like, do you see Mark Wahlberg and the toughest soldier? And I'm like, I didn't <laughs> like, man, I ain't cried since daddy died. But, you know, I, 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 I got a cry, cried a little tear. And I'm like, well, what happens in the toughest soldier? Oh, you know, he he goes to war and leaves his family behind and he almost dies. And I'm like, oh, like the 10 other movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of pigeonholed himself in. Into that. I can't wait for like 10 years whenever he's like, like his heart can't run like steroids anymore. So he has to play like Chris Kyle's uncle or something. Yeah. Or like, yeah. Have you seen Uncle of a Soldier? It's so good. It's where he's like. <laughs> It's where he's like, he's like, call, he's like getting phone calls from Chris Kyle like the whole time. And he's like, he's like looking out the window and stuff. It's like fucking, dude, it was a tearjerker. There was a, an interview with uh, Rob Deerdick where he was like, so Rob Deerdick, the Robin Big, the skateboarder, you know, businessman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of those like early morning riser guys. And he was, uh, he wakes up at like 4 30 in the morning and he said he was talking with Mark Wahlberg once. Mark Wahlberg is one of those guys, too. And so he's also apparently like a big one upper or whatever. Rob Deerdick was like joking around. He's like, man, you know, uh, I like four thirty. That's good for me. I know some people do five, six, but, you know, I always kind of woke up early and, you know, uh, I feel like I get a couple hours where everyone's up to just have my time, you know, my coffee, my workout or whatever. He said he was telling this to Mark Wahlberg and Mark's just nodding. and He goes, oh, yeah. I get up at three thirty, <laughs> like just right there. Like was, and then he was like, Mark, that's the middle of the night, man. He's like, yeah, yeah. But you know, the family's still asleep and I can do my work and uh, I can I get, I can get up and do my prayers. And yeah, that's like, right. He does that. He's got that praying. Ass. He wakes too up much at praying three thirty a.m. to do the rosary. At that time, <laughs> at that point, you're just bothering God. Yeah. Too much, too much yeah, yeah. God's uh, God's God operates in Central Standard Time, so his <laughs> motherfucker is just yeah. He's yeah. he's fast asleep. Yeah, I like don't all that shit. It's a part of the the warrior stuff too. They tell you to wake up. Uh, at like four thirty in the morning, and I'm like, man, that's I, bullshit. If you've ever had to do it for work, like when I worked at this plastics plant, I had to get there at like five forty five, five thirty, and so I would be up around four four thirty. And it's like, hey, well, what time you, you go to bed? Dude, yeah, like, oh, like nine, eight, eight, yeah. eight, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you'd work, you work yourself into an exhaustion. But I'm like, what if you don't? What if you're just like, yeah, like why would you do that to yourself? It seems I, like. Do men wake up? I feel like the coolest guys I know wake up at 2 p.m. You know what I mean? Dude, I worked at, <laughs> I was a janitor on University of Texas campus. Oh, uh, shit. Damn. Yeah. I, yeah, I, used to, I used to live in Austin. I you're, like in good, you're like good will hunting of a, of a solid state school. <laughs> <laughs> for government, for poli sci. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, um, I lived in Austin for four years and I worked, uh, the night shift from five to two. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really was waking up at like 2 p.m. Like I would get off work at like 2 a.m., get shit faced until like 5 a.m. Yes. Yeah. Go to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Wake up at like 12, 1. Yeah. I bounced for a long time while I was in college. And it's like when you work a bar, when you work at a bar, it's like you get there. Yeah. About seven. You help set up. Bar opens at 8, 830. And then I would get home. We close at two and you get home around three. And then I, I, my roommate at the time had a nine to five and he would wake up and I'd be pissed drunk watching. It's always sunny in the living room. And he's like, Hey man, I just like none of my business, but like, it's like eight in the morning. And I was like, we leave different lives, brother. <laughs> like, I, This is my downtime, dude. I'm about to go to the gym here in a second. Like, yeah, but, but for it, yeah, all of that shit at 4am stuff. I'm like, ah, that's just like, are you closer to God and masculinity at 4 a.m.? I feel like I'm not worth a fuck. <laughs> you know? What yeah. I, mean? <laughs> I, I, I guess it's part of the article I read was the message that they kept ramming home was that suffering makes you a man. 
And I guess that's, that's so uh, awesome. I guess that's it's like waking up at four is suffering. So yeah. Well, a lot of those guys. I again, like I think I was. Who was I talking about? It may may have been on our show, but like when you, I feel like when you go to like special forces training, the state tortures you and turns you into like a guy who's really good at war. Right. And all of that stuff. Of course, you have to live like that when you come home. Like you like you can ingratiate yourself back in a civil civilization and like normal society, but you're going to need to take like 32 degree like baths. You have to wake up at four in the morning and do a thousand push ups. Then you got to go, you know, you got to go to the gun range. Like, yeah, you can work a nine to five, but you need to make it as close to war as you can. Right. <laughs> so- uh, and that's why Letcher County's only uh, Green Beret. Uh, ben Buster Taylor became the sheriff of Letcher County when he came back. Do you know about that? What, why? Because he could do ice ice baths? No, well, not because <laughs> he did, could do ice baths. He was in Vietnam. He was actually Paul Bear at JFK's funeral. <laughs> he was in Vietnam. I yeah, love that. He, he ended up. He ended <laughs> up. Sh- he ended up fucking shooting this dude named Blaine Kaiser, whose uh, chickens kept coming on his property. Just murdered a dude over a mild <laughs> inconvenience. Dude, that is just had like a. A Vietnam flashback to the time he was like trying to pacify pacify a village with extreme prejudice. <laughs> Someone <laughs> murdered all the chickens, and he was yeah. like, "Yeah." He it, told us a gnarly story about how he got hepatitis in Vietnam one time. That because kind of something like that. Oh, okay. It was what if, it. What if you did something like that, and then it later turned out you never saw combat? <laughs> I, you know like let's say if i you know joined the marines when i was real young i went to afghanistan or something or that's what i told people and i just like shot up a whataburger one day <laughs> and they're like well you know he's a combat vet and then the marines are like he was uh he was in idaho yeah he, uh, <laughs> he was doing radio what did he, what he tell you guys yeah he was uh fort hood he was just he, kinda, he was yeah. he was a nurse for guys who got carpet burn a lot <laughs> 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 really, could, guy could really dress a spider bite. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just put sunscreen on people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can you get my back? Can you get my back? <laughs> Treated crotch rot and stuff. Yeah. He was the guy that went and got, he went to the store to get more off for the mosquitoes out there and was just yeah. kind of like the general, yeah. you know. He was a uh, pew barber for the Marines. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll line your hey, shit hey, up Bill, good, you know. Bill Dotry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I, I, I think even funnier is, funnier than like a stolen Valor guy is a guy who actually went to the, to the Army and then like, you know, I, I had a buddy who went to the Marines and was in infantry, but he never, you know, and when he came back, he like we were hanging out and I know not everybody comes back this way, but he was just kind of like he wasn't your typical like, oh, I loved it. He was like as boring as shit. I walked around the desert, you know, for four years and you know whatever. But he was telling me that, you know, he always feels awkward being from the south. Like anytime, you know, he's got some of the tattoos and, you know, and he'll take advantage of a barbecue discount when he can. And people are like, you know, oh, what 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 was your MOS, son? You know, people that served. And he's like, oh, Marines, infantry. And they're like. Guys who like watch the, all their friends die are like, oh brother, that's ultimate sacrifice. And he doesn't. He, he was told me he was like, I never wanted to ruin that moment for them. Right. So he would be yeah. like, yeah, man, you know, it's what you do when you want to serve, you know, God's country. And they because <laughs> in his head he's like, dude, I ate fucking fried burrito MREs and like killed scorpions with pistols. <laughs> like wonder- I went to Israel and like, man, tore that city down and you know, they got brothels out there. Apparently like he was like, I just basically partied in the desert for four years on uncle Sam's dime and then got discharged, you know, and got benefits. Cause I got, he like, he fucked his knee up or some shit. Yeah. But like he would, he would express to me that when the, when some old guy, some old Vietnam dude is like, you know, I think of Tucker and I think goddamn all my brothers out there. He's like, yeah, I lost some people too, and like he just lost a sock, <laughs> like, right? In a, in a, you know, yeah, his, I, his favorite spider. I had a friend that was in Iraq, and he was mostly, I think, in Kuwait, and he didn't. He was he had a similar job. He really didn't do anything, but he was like, I spent so much time over there jerking off in porta johns that like when i came back like, i had like a he's like i had, I had a pavlovian every time i would smell a porta john i would have like a pavlovian 
Oh my God, <laughs> no, dude! I, I remember war. War makes you a man. <laughs> well, like that's a like, dude. That's a type of suffering that I think like you can get. You don't got to go to war. Just go work a construction site in Texas. <laughs> I, there was a a, a dude war. that yeah. I I remember it was a guy that my dad knew. I worked with my dad for a bit at his plastics plant, and um, there was a guy that apparently the the rumor going around was is that he liked to. To jack off on the porta potties, and it wasn't like a freak thing. He just, you know, you work sixteen hours. Maybe he was in the war too. I don't fucking know. Could have been. I get, they had walked into this guy once, and he was clearly whacking it. And I remember thinking when my dad, we were joking about it in the warehouse. I was like, "Dude, how horny do you got to be mm. to get into a hundred and twenty-two degree plastic box filled with human shit and piss?" <laughs> Fucking sweating. Yeah. Your ass and, off. and you're wearing like in we, we had to wear full FRs. So you gotta unzip that motherfucker. It's like a romper. <laughs> you gotta take that shit yeah. down to your knees. You're you just know? naked as hell just to take a piss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're you're it's like it's like how you know like Women wear the the full body suit or go party. Yeah. yeah, the romper. It's and like they have to pee. They have to take it you all. Take off. the whole fucking thing off. I'm like, dude, <laughs> like you you go to take a shit and you're like, you know what sounds good right now? Jacking off. Like, what the fuck are you talking? About? That's a shit. Like uh, that's a guy. You know, you know, you meet that dude at the job site and he's like, hey, we're gonna go drinking after. You want to come? You're like, no, man. I think I never want to be anywhere with you. <laughs> <laughs> like ever as long as I live. Oh man. Did y'all um. Did y'all hear about Bob Huggins, West Virginia uh, mm -hmm. basketball coach? No. He's like, he got, uh, this isn't really related. I guess it's related in the sense that like a man's got to do what a man's got to do. But right. he, he was like suspended from West Virginia for, he said, he said a slur, right, Tom? Didn't he say, I don't he remember what he said on, on a radio, radio interview. He said, when we played Xavier University, a Catholic school up in Cincinnati, he said that, uh, yeah, he called. What did he call them? Uh, they they threw dildos on the court or whatever. Oh, thing, yeah. And he called them a bunch of Catholic fags, is what he. Called. Uh, That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. His, yeah. I just want to say his words, not mine. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He um. Well, he just recently. So he's been in hot water. <laughs> he's been in hot water, but he uh he recently got fired, like actually from West Virginia because he got caught drunk driving and he blew a point two one zero. Which is like pretty shit face. Yeah, yeah. Pretty hammer. Yeah, three three times the legal limit. <laughs> That's awesome. But I mean it's his, not awesome, but you know. His daughter his daughter said his daughter made a long like Facebook post that said that the cans in his car were purely because he's a recycling enthusiast. Yes. <laughs> he's an environmentalist. That's awesome. And she said, and not an alcoholic, because blowing a two point a point two one oh while driving is simply drinking like ninety percent of us do. <laughs> hell yeah it's like i love that just, that's you know, awesome just staying it like it is i'd hope my family would ride for me like that if uh <laughs> if something like that went down i know they wouldn't but it's nice to think about it i uh i told him he, he was he was trying out the the other other side of the road was newly paved and he just wanted to try it out for a little bit you know? <laughs> he, he never driven he wanted to feel like he was in europe and he'd never yeah. drive on the other side of the road, <laughs> yeah. so he was doing that. He'd never he'd never run from a police car before. <laughs> You're not allowed to try new things anymore, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah. But it's like, I told us, go ahead, go sport, ahead. Like sports departments at universities, like obviously at the top, because like when I was in Austin, the baseball coach at UT, like <laughs> he got like four DUIs in the course of like a year or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I thought you. I thought you were gonna say he used to make you just like clean up after anything. Like, <laughs> yeah. <I did>. yeah. <laughs> clean my car out, boy. I've been drinking all fucking month. <laughs> he sees you like wiping the floors down. He's like, "Hey, I got a fucking mess. You can come clean up here in this car." <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh. but like you know, sports departments are like they're the place for the most insane scandals. Yeah, like, I mean, seriously, like you never hear of like really a history department at a university. Like, I mean, it, it I feel I feel like what you get is you get the creative writing department with the professor who 
can't stop trying to read the Iliad to his students while, you know, have you ever had, have you ever had to port wine before? Like in his office? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That, but the, I feel like really in the South, I can't, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for everywhere else. I've only lived in the South, but if you were at a big high school and you're like, a, I didn't, I was told Thomas says we were talking about it. I didn't know how much money the motherfuckers make. Like those dudes can clear like high, like 150 to 200 grand a year. If you're a strength and conditioning coach or like a football coach at a decent 4A, 5A high school. Whereas like the history teachers, like the teachers are making 45, 52. That's maybe. wild though in Texas, but that's, that makes total sense. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that's it's like in, what a D one one would pull anywhere else. Right. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I remember finding that out at my high school, I Googled, I was like, you know, um, what the guy's name was. And then I like looked at salaries and I was just curious because I had, there was a time where I considered going back to teach. This was some years back. The new strength conditioner that I hired, they were paying him 112 grand a year. And I knew the salary for teachers at the public high school. I went to capped out at around 48. And, uh, and one of the strength and conditioning coaches, actually the guy that that guy replaced, he got got because he was um, one of the dance team girls her 18th birthday, he was like, you know what I want to do? I want to ruin my family and my life. And they started dating. And uh, Fuck. and that's the type of scandals, though, because it got swept under the rug for like six months until I guess they got seen out at a bar and the fucking print. The superintendent was like, God damn, man. I remember when I was in elementary school, one of the coaches had to leave because he got uh, a senior pregnant. But even at the time, it was like, yeah, it's a real shame that she got pregnant. You know, because I mean, they were they're they're in love, and that was real stupid of her. You know, yeah. to, to have that baby named her. Yeah, she should just you know gone on some roller coaster rides or something. But no, she had to ruin it. You know, well the the football like the culture of it in a lot of these towns, the towns where I grew up, and a, towns where a lot of my friends, you know, that I know from different parts, you know, of of the 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 enlightened part of the country. Football is all you got. So you could have like a school that's falling apart, but you got a new, a brand new $1.2 million football stadium. You know, they got lockers with the lights and the Bluetooth and all that shit. And, and a lot of the Air stuff conditioning that, and the helmets now. You see yeah. Dude? Yeah, <laughs> dude. And I, well, something that I, when I, so when I went to back to school, I was getting my master's. I was like, I'm going to be a professor. I'm going to do nothing until I get tenure. And then I'm just going to cruise on that till something critical. In my body fails. And, and uh, I was like, oh, it's not going to be like high school where, you know, like the athletes, you just have to pass them or whatever. And that I found out, like, I guess the second semester I was teaching, I one of the students in the classes that I assistant taught, he was uh, like full ride scholarship athlete. I forget. He played football. I forget what position he played. And, and uh, we had to I had to sign off on these sheets saying they were passing the class or else this kid couldn't play. And uh he came and asked me to sign it. And I was like, I'm not signing that, man. And he was like, oh, well, oh, uh, I, uh, my coach will probably email you then. And I was like, I don't give a shit. I didn't know how anything worked. And uh, like two weeks later, I do get an email that's like, uh, hey, this kid's going to pass intro to philosophy. <laughs> that's happening. All right. And I was, and I was like, well, he's got a 24 <laughs> and there's about three weeks left. And the last paper that I signed to him was 800 words. He turned in. 90 words something like that and uh and i talked to the dean at the time i went and i was like hey man i don't think i'm gonna you know and he was like hey look he's like you you go to high school around here and i was like yeah he's like i went to high school in amarillo and he's like it works the same he's like we got a little bit more money obviously we're a, we're a big state university but uh that stadium out there is what keeps the lights on basically for the whole i was like i just didn't know and i don't know i'm sure it's like that everywhere else but like friday night lights that shit's real in towns, you know, where there ain't shit to do except go to the fr the football game on Fridays, those guys can get away with basically whatever they want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did y'all both grow up in Texas? Yeah, yeah. yeah born and raised. Yeah, where I'm, at? From, uh, I'm from about an hour outside Fort Worth in a town called Peaster, and uh, Jake's from a little further south. I uh, I grew up in a town. I guess it's considered a suburb. It's called Pasadena, Texas. It's one of those where Texas will take the name of a much more culturally influential and I guess cooler part of the world, like Pasadena, California. Like we're uh -huh. gonna name the shittiest, nastiest town 
after this much, I guess, you know, more important town. And uh, it was uh, it's all where all the chemical plants are. I guess the carcinogenic coast, as they call it. That's where I grew up. Yeah. Kind of wraps into Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're like two hours. I mean, my family is from Vider, Texas. Like my mom's uh, George Jones country. Yeah, yeah, dude, man. And when we would go out there to like Orange and Vider, you know, people talk about sundown towns and it's like, like my dad's side of the family's from Jasper where that tragedy happened. I don't know if y'all familiar with they, they drugged that young man behind a truck. Yeah. Um, and uh, you go there and you have this feeling that not much has changed. <laughs> right. Um, it's, you know, the average age is like 55 plus and the kind of, you know, the kind of boomer that's like, you know, they, they've just never, it's still 1952, you know, not nothing, nothing's changed or whatever. Yeah. I, I was born cop to this readily, but he's, oh, I think he was getting ready to, I was getting it. ready to cop to it readily. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in, I was born in Lubbock. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, but I grew up in southeastern New Mexico. Okay. Uh, a lot of my family's from Lubbock, uh, up around like shallow water, that area. Yeah, shallow um, water. Holy shit. But uh, and then there's no there's no part of my family that's from a like a an area where people are like, oh, nice. You know, it's yeah, like same. Yeah, like yeah. the Lubbock area, and then it's like the Beaumont area, and then like Conroe, and then like the woods right like, <laughs> like, like, yeah. like unincorporated ill-defined yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, I found out we had some family that wasn't in texas and i was like oh cool and they were like they're just sort of around you don't want to find them <laughs> yeah they're all around that, and you don't make eye contact with them you just keep walking <laughs> okay we uh i remember my dad so my my dad's side of the family they're from a town um they've got cousins in jasper but there's a town in east texas called craft it's an unincorporated community and uh he used to have some land out there that was i guess willed to him when his when his aunt passed and so his aunt was sick we went out there and and uh it was just a couple acres with a little catfish pond on it and you know he he was just showing me around and stuff and and then at one point <laughs> he points out into the distance to this dilapidated old rv it's just got weeds growing up around it and uh you know like half the front's falling off and he points to it and he goes, your great uncle lives out there. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, are we going to go say, Hey, he goes, Nope. <laughs> Under no circumstances. No, I was, I was, I was at the age where I wanted to meet anybody I was related to. I didn't understand that. They're like, Hey, there's some motherfuckers that share your blood. They don't want to <laughs> meet you. You don't want to meet them. And let's just keep it at that. And, and he, I was like, well, what does he do? He's like, well, he, mostly works on the tractor and then drinks the stuff that he degreases the tractor with that <laughs> <It> just <laughs> kind of hangs out there all day. And he don't take too kindly to mostly anybody that breeds. Uh, so, you know, we're going to leave him alone, but uh, I, I like to tell, it was told to me in a much more glamorous way, but uh, my grandma would be like, Oh, you know, some of our family were moonshiners and some of them still do it. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. I saw that movie Lawless and, you know, I read a couple books about, you know, all the moonshiners back then. And then like, I come to find out, it's like, my dad was like, I mean, they make it, but it ain't, it ain't like, you know, Kentucky brandy. It's mostly just like stuff that you could throw in the back of a diesel truck and it would spark right up. <laughs> like, <laughs> it wasn't anything wood. glamorous. Like they were selling it to pretty boy Floyd, you know, and right. they just, <laughs> Hey man, you know, it serves several purposes. It's kind of like an all in one liquid, you know, you can, disinfect wounds with it <laughs> uh, <laughs> um well like it's just like bringing up like texas sports like tom had sent me this article before we started recording about this uh bowling coach assistant at stephen f austin state university um did did you guys hear about this <laughs> at all no no, I, no. Uh, let me read this to you. This guy had the most amazing justification for his um, uh, his ousting at the university. Stephen F. Austin State University assistant bowling coach Steve Limke chose to resign rather than be fired after the university discovered he had an affair with a student athlete. Limke, 38, is married to head coach Amber Limke, resigned April 10th. 
from the program he helped coach to two national titles. Um, it says Steve Limke defended his actions and said the relationship was consensual, but might have been quote amplified to the magnitude that it is now because of the national championship caliber that we've developed. (laughs) (laughs) My my, my affair looks much worse because we're bowling champions. (laughs) There's just nothing sexier than, you know, some osium and a fresh pair of boots. I'm a fresh pair of bowling shoes. You know what I mean? I get that ball waxed up and I just get ready to go. You know, Um, what's this guy's name also steve limke limke that's a bowling coach's name for no sure. totally steve slick yeah. lanes limke it's, it's also sort of like a, a flex it's like yeah I, that's how good of a bowling coach i am i you know like it, he'd been trying to have him. an affair for 20 years he finally <laughs> did it and then immediately lost his job <laughs> He was like, yeah, I mean, I'm 38. I'm still pretty young, but uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no well, big like, deal. I, it's funny. Red to shirt think- senior. I bagged it. Yeah. <laughs> it. It's funny to think like like a girl, like a like a young woman in the prime of her life is 22 years old. You know, she's feel like she's getting ready to enter the professional world. And you think of the athletes that maybe or the coach types that maybe could the older, you know, that might sway her and. And, you know, bring her into such a conundrum. And it's like, oh, you think like, oh, I'm the head strength and conditioning coach, D1 football team. And it's like, I, you know what? It's wrong that that man did that. But, you know, I get it. It's like, who did uh, who did this woman ruin her and his life for? The assistant bowling coach. <laughs> well, I don't mean to, you know, I don't mean to judge without knowing, but I can't imagine that the uh, bowling pussy is like, <laughs> you know like i feel like yeah you know it's like point. it's not like you hooked you're... up with like a star volleyball athlete oh, yeah or something. you're right this woman, this woman was... probably looked like a volunteer firefighter his wife found out because there was oil leaking in the driveway and she was like i don't drive a dually what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know how I've been spending all my money on raising Cane's gift cards. <laughs> uh, I got something to admit. Yeah, yeah. I'm not the only Caniac in this day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what What else was there? I felt there was another hilarious quote in this one. This like, like he's totally unrepent. <laughs> so he said, uh, "He said I think it's more of an ethics thing when it comes to the college." As far as a coach teacher being with a student athlete, he said, I knew it. he said, <clears throat> OK, so first of all, his wife did not respond to requests for comment. He said, I knew it was kind of a no, no, but there's not a rule saying it can't happen. <laughs> That's awesome. There's not a law. He said, there's not a law saying I'm going to jail for doing something like this. There's nothing in stone. I guess it's just an ethics code. Like we frown upon it, but there's no rule. There's no law broken. It's it is funny to be like it's not illegal to cheat on your wife for twenty years. <laughs> it's not illegal to ruin your family's like the trajectory of their respective lives. Just uh, okay. So the affair with the bowler was discovered when Amber Limke saw a text message from her on Steve Limke's phone. It didn't have anything in detail, he said. It was just about how amazing I am, basically, in general perspective. <laughs> Amber saw that and questioned me. Like, that dude, okay, that's... Yeah, hey, it just so <laughs> happens I was having an affair. Yeah, but you kind of... <laughs> the, tell, the tell was her telling him how amazing he was, and her his wife was like, something's amiss here. <laughs> yeah, hey, My husband yeah. is not amazing. <laughs> My husband's a real sack of shit. Yeah. There's something going on here, yeah. Um, he's, Amber saw that and questioned me and I got to the point where it just built up so much that I basically told her the truth that after she dug through my phone um, SFA's bowling program started in 2009 Amber Limke was hired in the 2011-2012 school year and Steve Limke was a volunteer assistant until September the 1st 2019 when he was officially hired as assistant coach I was the stay-at-home dad for five years with the kids while Amber got to go off and coach the team. And when she'd get back, I'd run practices on top of taking care of the kids while she was back. When they'd travel again, I would sit back and take care of the kids. Then when I got hired on, she almost forced me to run practices. I was a volunteer the entire time before that trying to help out Amber. 
once I got hired on one thing stemmed from another, I felt like I was doing too much for what I was valued at. So, I mean, he was taken back. It was like I, I, a work strike. It was a work he, stopping. They talk. He's talking about running bowling practices like they have plays. Yeah. <laughs> when it really, it's just like, all right, just twist your wrist a little bit. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's like they don't have – there's not – it's not like that. I mean, not that there's nothing to bowling, right? But it's not – He's not like a wrestling coach. What you is know there I mean? to say other right. than like hit hit the rest of the pins? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Don't yeah. step over the line. You step right. over yeah. the line. The uh the it also like I, I missed the tidbit where his wife coached there before him. So it's like it seems like he's framing it as like, damn, she got to go out and have all the fun with all the sexy bowling students, and I was over here patting babies and you know, preparing bottles and so when I, I just had to go sow my wild oats at 38 when I got to coach the big team, you know? Oh, man. That, that, oh, I, what, what, a little something for Stevie, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, she she was, you know, coaching at the at the 35th best college in Texas. <laughs> and all I got was a gift of fatherhood. You know what I mean? I, uh, there was a – speaking of SFA, that area – oh, I'm thinking of Sam Houston. I, when I was driving – when we did the little Texas run with, with Chapo, uh, I, I, we were driving all around the state, and I, I went through Huntsville, and I hadn't been through Huntsville in a long time. And there they have a prison unit out there called the Holiday Unit, funnily enough, and it's where they take people um, – that's like a transitory. It's like a unit you go to when you find out what major prison you go to. So right. they take you there from County. And, uh, and then from there you go to walls or TDC, wherever the hell, um, they built a Chili's right next to the motherfucker. <laughs> like since the last time I drove down there and I thought there's no greater hell. Like you can see it from the fenced in bar razor wire prison yeah like I'm that's like, freedom to you it's yeah like chilly. imagine you're like you know you're gonna go away for a fucking dime you got 10 years and you smell those southwest egg rolls and you're like cocksucker <laughs> like at least build the prison like because a lot of the other ones in huntsville are like next to cornfields and she's in the middle of nowhere but it seems extra cruel to have like a, a chili's and then like a twin peaks right next to the place where you're like gonna spend <laughs> Of a big chunk of your life at that point. You're like, man, I can smell that buffalo sauce. Well, I got fucking 10 years. <laughs> when I saw this story, I like kind of I forgot that Stephen F. Austin University was a, a college. Mm -hmm. Like my initial thought, my knee jerk reaction that it was that university that Barry Weiss started. Wasn't it called like Austin University? Oh, yeah, Austin, yeah. Texas University. Yeah. I think. Mm -hmm. It's just Dude. a bowling scandal at Barry Weiss's university. The the so <laughs> They opened that. Um, it was like the the whole like free like it was like Steven Pinker, Jordan Peterson, like that whole gang. And uh, they started it in a strip mall right across the street from my old drug dealer's apartment. I drove over there and saw where they were. They were like setting up shop with like their tarp sign. And I and I looked across the street and I was like, dude, I used to buy pills from here. And there was just this thing of like, how far have you fallen in academia where you're like, oh, this dentist just moved out. He had a sex scandal. I'm going to open up a university of, across the street from a trap house. <laughs> it's going to be about freedom of speech and it's going to be about, you know, the marketplace of ideas or wherever the fuck. Uh, that's a motley crew. Have you guys seen Jordan Peterson's Twitter lately? I think that motherfucker's back on the sauce. He'll post like he'll post like an AI generated picture of the Joker as a girl. Oh, I saw that. And then he'll be like, uh, the, the woke mafia is after me again at like three in the morning on a Tuesday. I saw that. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, Joker dude, is a girl. Yeah. And I'm like, what kind of some men, I think, don't do well with like any amount of attention because he was just like an academic for a long time. Yeah. And then, you know, he he made his he he put his line in the sand about Canada's bathroom bill or whatever. And then he got thrust into like the Joe Rogan manosphere. And so now he just wears like purple suits everywhere and just barred out of his mind and uh, and post pictures of the Joker as a girl, which like crying at, crying at Tootsie's when the house band plays Ghost Riders in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> his uh, it's funny that his his daughter shanghaied him off to some clinic in Russia so she could like canoodle with uh, like oil barons over there like uh she sent him to that rehab facility 
for some reason out in the middle of nowhere. And then while he was all, I guess, you know, intubated and they were going through detox, she was hanging out with like Iranian oil princes and shit, which is a funny thing to do to your dad to take over his finances, intubate his ass in a rehab facility and go, I'm going to go, you know, have sex in a Bugatti in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> oh, my, my dad has seizures. <laughs> the Joker as a girl is such a specific, uh, like, uh, it's like a specifically like just niche interest, like a fetish. Well, it's, it's like a, I think it's like a, a like a man, like a weird manifestation of his neurosis specifically where like, he's gone all in on the gender stuff, like all in he's, I saw an interview with him recently where he's under the board. He's under review from like the board of psychologists in Canada. Oh. And he's probably lost his teaching job. So his God, whole Jesus life. Christ. Imagine yeah. if that was your therapist. Like this is honestly the best argument against therapy. It's like if your yeah. therapist was Jordan Peterson. Yeah, I, I think he's like, have you thought about the Joker as a girl <laughs> related to your trauma? He's <laughs> like, that's not we're not going anywhere with this. Well, he he he's one of those guys that uses English slang, but he's like, you better well bloody be prepared. News. Yeah, he says, he says bloody. Yeah and, yeah. and like to me, I doing a lot of theater as a teenager. I met a lot of people from like Frog Balls, Texas that were like, I got I'm going to the bloody store and it because they're theater kids. So they have a profound mental illness. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and and I'm and I am I hated that. So when I saw him first, like ten years ago, I was like, I don't know what your politics are. I don't care. You say bloody, and I can't I can't handle that. You know, we gotta we we gotta cut that out. Yeah, I think he <laughs> thinks he's like a Batman villain now. Yeah, when really it's like he's just like his 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 main opponent is just like the YouTube algorithm, really. <laughs> Like he just, I think he just falls asleep in front of the TV and then wakes up and it's just like a gay guy in a thong. And then he just like throws his beer at the TV and he's like, fuck, the bastards got me again. <laughs> you will see like, crazy shit when you're like barred out or like on AMB. Yeah. You're trying to stay awake. Maybe that's, you're that's, right. Maybe that's it. Do you think you ever was... like, you ever think he like tries to get pussy from like his old professor friends where he's like, <laughs> oh, I just had the most marvelous thought. But at like three in the morning and, and they're like, what are you talking about? Jordan He's like, do you ever think about how the mind is beautiful as fuck? And like, how we are, he's like, like a Snapchat creep, like a guy yeah, who like yeah. who stay who like uh, he's like 22, still trying to go to high school parties. And he all of his like profound philosophy is like, hey, sometimes life is is like crazy as hell. Yeah, <laughs> we do yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he's he's constantly messaging the like Instagram porn bots in his message requests, and he's like, "I could inspire you in ways you could never imagine." <laughs> <And it's> just... <laughs> That's what I imagine him doing in his spare time. Like how you how how like baseline angry at the world do you have to be to get that mad on Xanax? Like I remember my I had a I had a pretty good chunk of my life it was spent taking benzos, and I wasn't mad at anything. I was mostly just mad that I ran out of benzos. <laughs> yeah, my yeah. house could be on fire and I wouldn't give a shit. Yeah, right, I'm right, right, so, right, You know, right. like, uh, he's the only person I know of who's done that much Xanax and hasn't robbed a liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like, like, whether you're a good or a bad person, you're supposed to after a while. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, you wake up and you have, like, an Xbox or something that you didn't have before. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. He, he, yeah he, he wakes up and he's, like, written a manifesto. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, <laughs> He could be trying to tell us that. And maybe that's what the female Joker is about. It's like laundering his, his well, deeds through some subliminal. The One of the th things, I guess, to tie it all in a nice bow from the beginning of the conversation, he also pedals in that masculinity stuff. And whenever I see him, he's got that monologue that like all of my like the guys I used to work at the like like home remodeling subcontractor company that monologue where he's like, as a man, you need to be a monster. But you need to have it under control. A man who yeah. who is a monster who's capable of great violence, but controls. It's like you are a, not a guy I'm scared of, dude. Like I, I like I don't mean to. I'm not trying to be macho in my own way, but I'm like, if you're like if you want to talk like that, like if you want to talk like Sephiroth or like the V for Vendetta guy, like you want to sound scary as shit. Yeah, you gotta look scary. You can't look like a psychology professor and be like, it's better to be. A warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. It's yeah. like <laughs> that's put actually, forth, 
You're put 135 the- pounds on the bench right now and give me one. <laughs> yeah, one <laughs> good rep. Exactly right. He sees himself as a Batman villain, like quite literally. I think he's yeah. Bane. Well, Batman is just like a gender studies professor from Oregon. Like he's just getting mad at a, at yeah. someone named like Raven, whose parents probably work for the FBI, and she's just you know <laughs> just did mushrooms for the first time, and he's like, "That is my Batman," you know, yeah. like just, just some some girl who has a cat named Glorp, and like you know just ju- just got into reading like Simone de Beauvoir, and is like that's that's the person I hate the most on planet. Yeah, Earth. He, mm-hmm. he drives by like a Charlie XCX concert, and he's like, "They're gathering their legions." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, all right. Well, I I didn't have anything else on the agenda for today, boys. We've done an hour. We've done our we've done our allotted uh the time slot anyway. Yeah. Uh, it was you know an hour in which we didn't have to talk about the submarine. So oh, good lord! So, yeah, you know, that's uh. The one, the what one. Piece, what submarine? <laughs> <laughs> the, the one um, piece of trivia from that that keeps making me laugh is uh, Carl Bay. I can pronounce his last name. He posted a screenshot of an article. It's all been overdone at this. It's all anyone can talk about. But apparently, their electrical system keeps booting and rebooting. At least the last time they were in contact with the ship. Oh, which means, which means that apparently upon launch. When you get at a certain depth, the 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 ship plays here far where uh, my my heart will go on by Celine Dion. So they have reason to believe that they're down there in pitch black darkness, and the lights will come on, and that song will play at like a hundred decibels, and then it'll shut back off again. Which like that, you paid a quarter million dollars to go to hell, like the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's that's hell. I the to me the um. To me, the best like like B plot in all of this is the stepson who like went to oh my god and everything. Like I mean, mm. obviously, again, like you said, it's all played out and everything. But it's like it's just uh you know sometimes things will surprise you. It's like yeah, I like the, hours the, after his Blink One Eighty Two post, he like uh, quote tweeted a porn bot and was like, "Yes, can you sit on my face?" <laughs> yes, <laughs> his stepdad is dying fucking five thousand feet below sea level, just below the ocean, and this girl's like, "Can I sit somewhere?" And he's like, "Right on my head, lady." Like, <laughs> he also is like a noter- notorious stalker. Like most yeah. people are like t- t- uh, tweeting. He went about to prison. Him. He, yeah. uh, I saw some lady was tweeting about him today that was like he'd stalked the Alice in Wonderland. She's like an EDM DJ, and apparently he went away for a bit and then got out and was like, Hey, everybody, I need your thoughts and prayers. My stepdad, Hamish, is 7,000 feet below the ocean. Also, I love uh, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, it's the best album of all time. And uh, here's my favorite list of porn stars ranked. <laughs> Where are your fucking priorities, man? Jesus. Um, I had one queued up today where I was adding 38 special and telling them my dad Hamish was lost at sea and then <laughs> I was coming to see them at the Hard Rock on Friday to make me feel better <laughs> oh yeah oh, fuck. Thanks, Molly thanks, has- <laughs> I yeah. appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> that'll do thanks <laughs> thanks, for the, thanks for the curse <laughs> um, alright uh you know, I never even introduced our guests. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas and Jake from Pendejo Time. You've been listening to uh, Thomas and Jake from Pendejo Time. Anything you boys want to plug other than uh, your podcast? Yeah, just check the podcast out, you know, wherever you listen to the other ones, Spotify, Apple. And if you got a, if you got Patreon money, if you got you got some of that unemployment cheese going around, just check out patreon.com slash Pendejo Time. Uh, I think that's it. We don't got no shows coming up or nothing. So. Hell yeah! Thanks for thanks for having us on, fellas. This was of, fun. Of course, of course, we'll have to do it again. Uh, it's criminal that iTunes censors out the word pendejo. I don't I really understand. Yeah, so I like to think thing. that it's pussy time sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but just you gotta say it slow. Pussy time. <laughs> it, dude, one of the funny things about this show is is that whenever I talk about it or somebody asks me like. Whenever I'm somewhere and like I just got laid off and now I've talked to, you know, people make small talk. Oh, what do you do for a living? I'm like, ah, I'm unemployed right now. I got a podcast. It's kind of keeping some of the lights on. And they're like, oh, hey, make money than that. That's cool. You know, what's the name of your show? And I'm like, Pendejo time. And they're like, oh, are you are you Mexican? And I'm like, nope. <laughs>
<laughs> like, what about your co-host? And I'm like, we're the whitest dudes in this state. <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's kind of racist. It's like they never censored. <laughs> they never censored the word "cumbtown" on iTunes. So, like, why, why pay ten day time? I, that's an interesting thing. Yeah, that's a good point because I feel like there's like masculine podcasts, you know, called like you know, you know, be an asshole, the 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 the, the strongest asshole in the world, and then we get got, but. I think it's just more of the woke mob, you know, censoring. Uh, yeah. That's true. Yeah, you know, we've been, we voices. got canceled from the jump, you know, um, <laughs> from the show name to, you know, Jake's allegations before we even started it. You know, I <laughs> mean, <Come> on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> just got to get that in on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got I got accused of being the coolest guy in Pasadena, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, guilty as charged. Guilty as charged, baby. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, thanks for again, fellas. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks, thanks guys. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Uh, please go check out our Patreon. I'm not sure whether where this will appear, whether it's on Patreon or the main feed. Okay. But if it is on the main feed, please go to our Patreon and support us there. And uh, until next time, peace out. See ya. Peace. Yeah.